0: I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California. We're here each Wednesday at this time for an hour of health topic, digestion, and discussion. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Health Matters. Thanks for joining us again this day. Um, what a day we have here in Sonoma Valley, California. And we'll be, t- we hopefully will be enjoying, hopefully we'll be, en- we'll be enjoying um, uh, a visit from uh, Zoran Babbles, who is going to be telling us about uh, soul space, transform your home, transform your life, creating a home that is free of clutter, full of beauty, and inspired by you. Um, So he'll be with us shortly, I presume. And then in the meantime, is there anything else I have to do here? No? Okay, cool. Uh, Just a little board issue there. Um, So while we're waiting for his call, um, I anticipate reading something from his book. But before that happens, um, what I'm going to suggest, or what I want to do is I want to take a moment to talk about something I saw in our local newspaper, and this is the passing of uh, Beverly McCombs in Tuesday's Index Tribune. Uh, Beverly was a favorite of mine personally, and uh, I had known her as part of my work, but I'd also known her as the big spirit that she was, and I wanted to take a moment of of respect and appreciation for all that she was for our community here, and we're sorry that she's left her husband Jim and her family, but... uh, we all must. Uh, Beverly was an extremely committed social person and did a lot with her local church. And uh, it said in the uh, obituary that her greatest joy and passion was to pray for others, which is my experience of Beverly, and I really want to say farewell, Beverly, and we certainly are going to miss you. So, that's a that's a love story for Beverly McCombs, who just died. um October the 16th here in Sonoma Valley. So, uh, that said, um, now we're going to get to waiting for uh, Zoran Balbus, however he pronounces his name, and we'll be talking about his book Soul Space. So, uh, as a way of kind of introducing this book, I thought I'd read, as I often do, from the introduction, because the introduction often tells us a great deal about where we're going in the book, and this book is a is a enormously comprehensive uh, discussion of what he talks about, transforming the home and transforming your life. So anyway, here it is. It's called Eight. The and, and, and as soon as uh, he joins us, of course, we'll go to him and we'll go from there. He says um, in the introduction, "Where do you, where do you live?" This is one of the most common questions we hear. We always have a ready answer. I live on this street in that neighborhood in this town or, or country. I invite you to consider the question in a new way. Where do you live? Where do you feel alive? Where do you feel safe, peaceful, hopeful, and supported? Where can you explore your hobbies, think, learn, and love? If your home is just a temporary building, holding pen where you leave your things during the day instead of a beautiful space that makes you feel safe and calm. Every time you walk in the door, something is wrong. Your home is more than a place where your possessions are. It is a place where your body can recharge, where your passions can be fulfilled, where you can safely explore yourself and your desires, where your soul can rest, be inspired and soar." That's a, that's a pretty big promise. Um, Home is about uh, satisfying our basic animal needs, eating, sleeping, seeking shelter. But it's also about achieving transcendence on earth through our other needs, the ones that are the basis of our humanity, beauty, love, and creativity. For the past 10 years, I've been redesigning homes with one purpose, to assist the people who live within to create the kind of space they can flourish instead of just exist minor adjustment here for a moment and we're again okay where was i my mission is to weave uh my my uh wish for uh, peace beauty justice passion rejuvenation into all my projects with the intention of inspiring others to live a more soulful compassionate and beautiful life Again, that's a big chunk of change there. Considering the following scenarios, as you open the front door, the glow of of warm light beckons you inside. You set your bag on a homemade table near the uh, door and slip off your shoes, placing them in your coat, neatly organized in the hall closet. The serene and beautifully appointed living room draws you in. You sink deeply into a soft, comfortable chair and drape a finely knit, cozy throw over your legs. The sky, visible through a large, clear window, is soothing. A feeling of calm and revitalization washes over you. You close your eyes and enjoy the quiet luxury of a cat nap before preparing a light supper at your home. Now, obviously, this fellow doesn't live with a lot of kids running at the door. But um, anyway, he's home. As you open the front door, the knob rattles. It's loose again. The door sticks. You have to force it open with your shoulder. You make a metal note to call the super. You stumble in into the dark hallways. You grope for a light switch. The bulb blows out. <laughs> this is really horrible. The, the uh Leaving you in a gray wash of dim light. Uh, the hall closet is crammed to capacity with coats, sweaters, and things you haven't seen in years. You throw your coat in the living room chair instead and... Seat cushion is faded and worn. The air the room, the air in the room is stale. A feeling of stress and irritation washes over your home. You look around the clutter and decide to put your coat back on and grab a bite to eat at the local diner. Now there's a horror show. Welcome to Health Matters. Hello.
1: Oh, hi. Is this Ned?
0: Yes, it is.
1: Hi, this is Zoran. How are you?
0: Hi, Zoran. Well, we were just talking about you. Can you imagine? Uh, we were just we had just gotten to page two on your introduction, as I often read the or part of the introduction, and while we 're waiting for our guest and we had just gone through the horror show of walking from you know the, the sort of the glorious step one front door that 's always charming and beautiful, and then the second one, which was you open the front door and the knob rattles, and you have to put your shoulder into it to get in there and so on and so forth so we our audience already knows Zorin that um, that you're you've got a, you you're you're we're starting with a drawing pictures here of what it feels like to walk into a home and the name of your book is called Soul Space Transform Your Home Transform Your Life creating a a home that is free of clutter full of beauty and inspired by you so Zoran um this is a a very timely book uh, for me personally because um uh I I myself am am Building a new home and and uh, and doing and needing to do many of the things you write about. So I'm I'm delighted to have the opportunity and the obligation even to to read this uh, to read over this text. So uh, for our listeners who ha- I didn't get a chance to talk about who you are as an individual, maybe you could give us a little
1: short bio. I'd be happy to. So for the past um, 12 years, I've been a interior designer working with lots of clients on many different levels. You know, whether it's high end or on a you know a medium end, and I have discovered over the years that there was a similarity to a process that I was going through with the clients to really assist them in transforming their space and transforming themselves. And it really, you know, over the course of the last 10 to 12 years, really became the sole space process. I uh, have focused uh, in real estate development on a lot of historic buildings because I really do love to hold on to the history of architecture in different communities because I believe that it really tells the story of that community and the people that have gone through it. And... Uh, Currently, I have, I'm spending time in Maui because I'm actually opening up the Soul Space Sanctuary and Institute, a retreat center for people to come in, you know, and play on the land and, you know, work in our organic gardens and do, you know, participate in farm to table restaurants and really go through a soul space process on a personal level mm-hmm. because the same eight stages actually are you know can be incorporated in home and it can be incorporated in our bodies and in our careers and in our finances.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like the project you're into in Maui is 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 a is like a retreat center, a residential retreat center. Is that what it is?
1: It's a retreat center where you know people can come for you know two days, three days, seven days, mm-hmm. and you know experience Maui and actually experience. The, all the eight steps applied to the historical renovation of this project, now which this, was built in 1909, right? That's, as originally as a plantation estate,
0: right? Well, you and you're in the notes that I have. It you called it an old old men's something or other. I forget the term, it, but
1: it, it was originally built as a convalescent center. That's for what I meant men, to say. Right. Retired men in the that worked in the pineapple field.
0: I see. Uh huh. And is it um, uh, something the the property itself is is what's so ench- enchanting the location of the property or is it really the, also the opportunity that the buildings present?
1: You know, it's sort of everything. The architecture is neoclassical, craftsmen with a Japanese uh, you know flair to it. Wow. And it's on six acres of very magical tropical and edible gardens wow and the entire property oversees all of the ocean and the island
0: Wow so it's just magical this is exactly as you say so yeah. uh, coming back to I mean there's a, there's so much to to talk about in, in this topic but as I as I noticed to myself I said what, what I Took particularly great pleasure in is in, 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 re- in reading over some of this material is, is that by using the home as a, as a way to concretize or to bring to earth uh, the reflection of your inner state, uh, and and not only sort of looking at it diagnostically, uh, but you're looking at it both historically, and you're going through a process of what you call assessment, and then you're moving forward with it, and of course then at the very end you're you're celebrating. So what I'm wondering is if we might I don't I don't I don't know how you've talked about this before. Obviously you've talked about it a fair amount, but um, you've got these stages, and and maybe we could start with. Um, before we get to the stages, if we could talk about the beginning of your own uh, work on, is it, was it Sowden House that you're placed in Los Angeles? Is that how that you pronounce yes. it?
1: It's Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright Jr.'s Soudon House. Soudon, excuse me, was, yeah. Which was built in 1927. Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, his finest example of organic architecture. Mm-hmm. And he actually designed it to actually feel and look like a mayan aztec temple wow and that was a quite a feat of restoration because there was a lot of foundational issues and issues with the concrete for that needed to be re-solidified so it was quite a challenge mm-hmm. but an exciting opportunity
0: mm-hmm. and and that is that then available on are the pictures of that that the outcome of your work are there's are those on your website
1: Ah uh, yes, you can go to soulspace.com, and mm-hmm. there's the book website, and the architecture and design firm website, and also Soul Space Sanctuary Institute in Maui. Aha,
0: uh-huh. okay, so that there's a people could actually go and look at pictures of what your work has been. Exactly. I see. Wonderful. Well, another thing that enchanted me is in the beginning of the assess chapter, stage one, you quote my teacher Suzuki Roshi, and you say. He says, I should say, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the, in the experts, there are few. So right away, I feel um, kinship with anything that seems to follow. You're, you're, you talk about in this book, uh, tools to deepen your understanding of your own needs as you create a home that will fully support the life you want to lead. That's a, that's a very much recurrent message in your book here. So kind of enlarge on that, if you would, for our listeners' benefit.
1: Absolutely. You know, I look at, at home as our playground where we can really fully express ourselves and try things on and see and experiment in who we are. You know, it's the one place that no one can tell us what to do in and how to do it. Hmm. So I say that, you know, the our homes are sort of like a canvas, which we get to really, truly play and explore, When we, when we have found a connection to some of our dreams and our hopes and our wishes, you know, for our life and what we'd like to accomplish, one of the things that I talk about is that I really like to seed the environments with, you know, with ideas of what that is, of, you know, whether it's a picture of, you know, going to, you know, uh, you know, Mount Shasta or whether it's a picture of going to Peru or whether it's a, you know, an item that comes from some place in Mexico that you'd love to visit or if it's a career, how do you see the environment with your dreams so that the environment constantly is communicating to you in an unconscious and conscious way what's important to you? You know, whether you want a relationship or if you're looking for a career change and what that career might be, you know, those are some of the ways in which I talk about it, so that we actually have an environment that is consciously and unconsciously sharing and, and supporting us in our achieving our dreams, mm-hmm. especially during these financial times. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have you know, let, let go and don't have time for our dreams, but I say it's really important to dream, to mm-hmm. still keep the dreams alive. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the other thing related to, you know, to tools and seating the environment is that, you know, is there, an, is there an artist in you, a painter, a sculptor, a, you know, where is the artistic, creative side of you? And, you know, can you put it into your space and are there places in which you can or, you know, do you use your living room or your family room? If you're not using one of those spaces, convert it into something else. Who said a living room has to be a living room? It can be a, a, a room in which you get to play and explore so that you can find and connect to deeper parts of yourself
0: Wow well now this this doesn't sound like a home with a lot of kids in it, uh, it this sounds like a sort of private unique kind of space so are, are we talking about family homes as well as homes for individuals or for just couples with you know sort of adult Thoughts, or, or or have you actually also brought this into the family life with kids?
1: I brought this into the family life as well, uh-huh. because everything that I just talked about—why can't a kid's room or the kid's recreation room actually be, you know, put together so that they can be self-expressive and that they can be creative and they can explore themselves Good. and, you know, and you know, explore all the possibilities of their dreams, you know? And you know how kids are—it's like first they want to be a fireman, then they want to be a doctor. And it's like you know, let them express in space so they can actually feel it even more. So there's ways in which to create these spaces within the home that don't infringe upon all the public spaces of the home, but, you know, can be created in each of the spaces that are, you know, private for each person.
0: Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So it really does, It trans- in other words, if if this consciousness that you've described is also... You know, extended, if you might say, or at least included with with the children, then this essentially, uh, you know, creative opportunity really then can be shared by everyone, and also it could be, um, it could be sort of expressive within the family system, if you will, and so that the individuals could uh, communicate with each other by the choices they make in their spaces by their in their private spaces if she, to the extent they have them and uh, so that it could it, it might even be useful in, in you might call it intra-family communication i mean it it because you, it would be there would be an opportunity for everyone to sort of be speaking not only with their words but with their with their environment
1: Absolutely, because you know today. I mean, so many kids are spending so much time in front of the computer playing games and doing homework. Right. This is a this is a way in which to bring the family back together.
0: That's what it sounds and, like to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To you know to explore together.
0: Zoran, we need to take a little public service announcement break. I think we talked about that in my email, and so please just hang with us a few minutes, and we'll, assuming I can get everything to work, we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. Living an Inspired Life, Acting on Inspiration 2011, Big Ideas and Rich Conversations empowers women to discover their own inspiration and act on it. Finale event is Wednesday evening, October 26th, the Krug Event Center, the Sonoma Valley Inn with desserts from the Loving Oven Teen Center. Co-founder Carol Pecorini explores how to turn your desires into your destiny and greatest contribution. 996-2167, SonomaBigIdeas.blogspot.com. Monday night at the Studebaker Cheesecake Shop at 248 West Napa Street in the city of Sonoma. Between 7.30 and 9 p.m., an open microphone is held just for you and your friends. Monday night's open microphone at the Studebaker Cheesecake Shop is yours.
1: to Sun FM, ninety-one point three, sweetheart, KSVY in Sonoma.
0: And welcome, welcome back to Health Matters. Today, we're joined by the author of a book, Soul Space: Transform Your Home, Transform Your Life. And Zora, your last name is pronounced how, please, properly.
1: It's Balbus.
0: Balbus. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Soren Balbus. And let's just give your website again for our listeners who may be wanting to write it down while they have a moment here.
1: How oh, beautiful! It's soulspace.com. dot com. Uh huh.
0: Okay. Well, we were, and, and I think we were just talking about how this is not only for aesthetically attuned. Individuals, but this is something that fits in everybody's home. Everybody who has it, who has an opportunity, we all, we all, all have to live somewhere. And as long as we're living in that somewhere, it could be even our car, for that matter, probably if, if need be. And uh, so, uh, this is uh, to to take. This is taking personal growth into a whole zone of. Where many of our listeners probably, with the exception of a few people possibly who've, who've listened to the, um, uh, uh, feng shui kind of teaching and, and so on. But this, this is, this is a kind of, uh, um, human potential of the interior, interior decorators department. One, one might call it that. And, and so you do kind of, Talk about how this is of such a completely different picture than what an interior decorator is going to do. And so maybe help us create a, a, a discrimination between what it is you do and what a really good interior decorator does.
1: Well, you know, an interior, you know, some interior decorators, you know, take their design sensibility and, you know and basically lay it on their clients and, you know, give them what their, you know, sensibility and, and sense of beauty is. What Soul Space is about is about us reconnecting to the designer and the beauty inside of us and being able to express that 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 beauty that lives in us, that, that soulful connection that we have with ourselves, and express it in space, in, in our space. You know, one of the things that is, I think, most critical related to the soul space process is to, is really those first few phases of it, which I call, it, which is part one, which is assessed, release, and a cleanse. Mm-hmm. It's really taking a look at all the choices that we've made over the years with all the things that we've surrounded ourselves with. And really take a look at from fresh eyes, from the perspective of today would we choose to be living with that today or are those choices that we made years ago that are truly no longer relevant today and if it's and so often what we'll find is that we're living in choices and with things that we've accumulated over the years that don't necessarily fill us up or inspire us or you know really feel beautiful to us today and this is about really presencing ourselves more into this moment and then clearing our space from our past so that we can really begin to create a future by being really truly present with what we're surrounding ourselves with.
0: Wow. Well, this is a this is a deeply um I mean, it's it, if you were to sort of reference like the 12 step program, this is this is this could be the um early part of the 12 step program where you kind of you kind of update everything so you bring your sort of emotional self forward in such a way that you're actively dealing with the mess you gathered and the mess that you're living with and how to unburden yourself so that you can actually go forward and and have space in your life for uh, a a brand new life well here you're doing it in the context of the home environment and 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 you talk about it in such a way that um uh you empower us to look at each individual piece and as as i as I look at the way you've written this is down to small things i mean it it doesn't have to be just the old saggy couch or or but it's all you you give us a window through which to assess to use your word again assess. You know whether this this is part of our exist is a proper part of our existence today or not, and of course when all the Americans just filled to the to the nine, their garages are you know bulging at the seams many times and and uh, so on and so forth. So we've our our culture has has been tremendously at accumulating an enormous amount of stuff, and so now we've got all this stuff. Well, how do we deal with that? And and you give us a, a pathway here. Of inviting us to, and as, as as I people people as they look at your work, I guess they they think that a lot of what you're doing is talking about getting rid of stuff, and and so tell us about what's the difference between getting rid of stuff is versus that emotional selection thing. Give us a little enrich that story for us a little bit, if you would.
1: Well, you know, the, you know, getting rid of stuff is, well, first of all, I think it's, it's important to gently get rid of things, especially if the, the things that we're getting rid of have emotions attached to them. You know, whether it's a, you know, an old sofa that was, you know, that we got from a divorce or whether it's, you know, a painting on a wall that is from an old relationship, you know, to really make the connection to the things that we're looking at and that we want to release to see if they're, you know, lifting us up or do they have, you know, bad and, you know, negative connotations attached to them or memories. Uh, You know, uh, so in 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 that releasing phase, it's really important to be compassionate with ourselves and to be forgiving of ourselves and those that, you know, because it's almost like those things we're holding on to that still have a negative emotion attached to them have sort of just been waiting for us to return so that we can release them gently Mm. so we Mm. can make room for our greater self and make room for our future self. Mm. So, you know, one of the examples that I use often is, you know, how many of us have lived with a, a chair that's a little ratty or a sofa that's a little ratty, and maybe we can't afford to, like, replace it right now? In my world and with soul space, I say you can't afford to not at least release it and create the space For the future to come in. Because every time we walk past that kind of, you know, object in our place, in our place that's, you know, in disrepair that we, you know, think that we can't afford or that we can't afford, it's constantly underscoring and reminding us that we can't afford. And if that object was removed, if that chair was gone and the space was there, the things that you would be thinking about when you walk past that empty space is, what's that chair gonna look like? It begins the manifestation process. Maybe you'll start looking in catalogs. Maybe you'll just start going and do window shopping. And it engages the possibility of something new to occur and to come in. Mm -hmm. So it's important to clear the space of clutter, so that we can see and feel and breathe into our space and who we are, and begin to allow the future to come in. It can't come in if there's no space. Mm.
0: So this is... Kind of, uh, uh, not just kind of, it's a very definitely a, uh, an an engagement with one's interior around issues that are probably unfamiliar to at least some of our, at least some of our listeners who, who maybe have never really understood that that there's, that there are these emotional signalings that, that go with things. Um, and, and you've, you've just given us sort of a, a synopsis of, of, of sort of one part of that. But given that that's such a powerful part of, at least for me, your message is that, is that, is the recognition even that the, these, these, what are largely inanimate objects in our existence carry Old stories, uh, old unfinished business, you might say, or, or, or finished business that really does need to be finished in terms of our, our ownership of it. Um, certainly for a lot of us, myself, speaking now for myself, I guess, is I guess that there, there are plenty of things that sort of have a mixture of sort of pleasure and and pain and history and 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 I kind of like it's still still useful or as my mother used to say don't don't get rid of it till it 's worn out kind of her depression era kind of mentality um, for a lot of us who are hung up on that dilemma is it because it's got uh, it 's got upsides whether it 's utilitarian upside or it's uh it, it's still or in my mother 's case it, it it still works it 's still good as the saying goes, so uh, help us through the um, Kind of how you've grown to understand and work with people over those kind of conundrums, where that kind of—I suspect—that's not uncommon.
1: No, it's it's not uncommon, and you know, and so what what that's about for me is that there's a, there's a delicate balance to the things that you release, and a delicate balance to really take a look at all the different emotional aspects that we have towards our things. You know, one of the things, like your example about. You know, um, you know the depression era and your mother, and hold on to things until it's completely worn out. Well, you know, how do you hold on to just the sweetness of what she really means about it, and how do you let go of it from the place where she came from with it emotionally right. that you got to hold on to it because we don't have or it's limited resources. It's like, how do we? extricate ourselves from that negative emotion and and really honor her for what she her intention was, you know, you know, hold on and use it, you know, and how do you just hold on to that sweetness part of it, and, you know, so it's like, you know, you know, her, you know, her experience of the depression, you know, got carried over in those kind of conscious thoughts, you know, to, you know, to, to you and, you know, and into ourselves, and it's like, you know, we want, you know, to be, you know, we don't want to throw things out just to throw them out. If they're still working and they're still useful, you know, it's sort of a memory to your mother in a, in a sweet way. Mm-hmm. But It's like, how do we release that emotional aspect of, you know, the depression and not, you know, holding on until it's completely gone? You know, those can be, you know, writing notes to ourselves, writing notes to our mother, you know, thank you for that, you know, that kind of consciousness and thought and, I'm going to hold on to it because it's still useful and mm. it's still beautiful and it still works for me, but so, not because, you know, hold on to it because you got to like save it to the bitter end kind of thing.
0: I see. Well, it, and so you, you talk about people making these choices. So how do, how do people who you've worked with over the years, how do you actually assist them to do that? Do you, do they, do people tend to write, do they tend to sort of write down the, the picture over the fireplace or the this or the, that, do they write down the object and then they sort of s- s- schedule it out in terms of uh, uh, figure out, well, you know, on a positive-negative basis how, how, to make choices? How do you help people in the, the sort of the nitty-gritty of the, of the choice-making process?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I often suggest, whether I'm doing it with them or they're doing it on their own,
0: right.
1: is to take it one room at a time. Mm-hmm. And if in that room you've got several closets or it's just a room and it doesn't have closets, just take one part of that room at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get overwhelmed and really just be with, I look at it like, you know, these are the keeper piles and these are the releasing, you know, piles. Mm-hmm. And really just getting clear on, you know what, this lamp that I have here, I really love. Or, you know, this, 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 you know, this table, I, you know, I just think that it's a piece of junk and it really needs to go. So it's really just being with each object and really deciding, you know, for yourself, you know, what really, you know, works for you. Mm. You know, does it really make you feel good? You know, does it make you feel good? Does it feel, does it feel beautiful? Is there something about it that lifts you up? Mm. Or is it just there? Because mm-hmm. I say that we don't have, we don't really have space for things that are just there anymore. We need to be surrounded by, by things and people and, you know, that, that are really there to support us, and our space can support us in that way.
0: Wow, this and, is this is so really loving. Going
1: slow, mm-hmm. I say, go at your soul's pace to create your soul's your soul space. Mm-hmm. Very wow, important to go slow.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, that's that. That was the piece I was looking for because it did seem like it would be, it would be one thing to have to to begin to bring into your consciousness the idea that. You know, many of these very uh, provocative ideas that you've offered, which are really so deeply self, tra- potentially self-transformative. I mean, and so, I mean, there's a lot right there, even if you never Did anything at all with your stuff? I mean, (laughs) just using your stuff as a as a as a mirror. Right away, you're you're getting into a zone of of uh, self exploration and self examination, and uh, but at the same time, obviously there are many many layers and things like that. Well, I I don't want to go spend too much time without giving you a chance actually to talk briefly about each. Each part of the take. Spend a few minutes talking about. There's the knowing the past, the manifesting the future, and living in the present. So maybe if you could give us an overview of each of those. Those are the three major stages. If you could give us an overview of each of those stages, then that we would, and then we would get a chance to get, let our listeners. If they had some call-ins, we could uh, have them call in.
1: Beautiful. So in the in the first part, it's really about knowing where we're at. And um, in that, we have three stages. One is called assess, the next is release, and the final is cleanse. And we've talked a lot about this, you know, sort of assessing and releasing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, assessing is really taking a look at all the things that we have surrounding us and really, you know, making clear choices as to, you know, whether, you know, just on a physical level, do, do we really resonate with them and are they really beautiful and does it really support us? Or does that object or that thing or that picture have, you know, negative emotions that still need to be cleared, Mm -hmm. you know, and shifted? Okay. So, and then, you know, we create sort of two piles of, you know, this is what the keepers are and this is what we're ready to release. And in the releasing phase, it's so important that, you know, we connect to not only if there are not only just the physical releasing, but also the emotional releasing. Wow. Make sure that there's not, you know, you know, baggage, emotional baggage we've been holding on to and that those objects have actually been holding the space for us to re-examine them. And um, the other thing about releasing is that the things that you really don't love and the things that we all have in our garages and they're all completely fit full of stuff, if we're not using them, release them so that other people can use them. There are so many people today in need you know, on so many different levels. And if we're just holding on to stuff that we don't use, it's like, you know, our sort of junk is someone else's treasure. Right. We're just holding that. It really makes someone else's life really amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the releasing phase.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, the final you know stage in the first part of the soul space process is cleansing, which is all the things that you've decided to keep and to hold on to what needs to be repaired, what needs to be fixed, how can we clean it, how do we reconnect to all the things that we're surrounding ourselves with that we're cherishing, that, that, are, that are memories in, and really polish them up. And in that process, we start getting reconnected to, you know, the importance of them so that we can, you know, really be grateful for the things that we you know are able to have around us and support us and surround ourselves with. So it also, you know, reconnects us to our intention with each of those things. Mm -hmm. So that our home is really, you know, truly an amazing support system. In part two, it's the beginning of manifesting, what I call manifesting the future. It's, you know, made up of dream, discover, and create. It's like now that we've cleared the space of all the things that really we don't need, that we don't want to surround ourselves with, that we're left with, that we totally love what needs to be filled in who do we want to become what is our dreams on many many different levels not just what our space is supposed to look like but how our space can support us in those dreams and so in stage four i talk about dreaming and letting the imagination go and so that we can really really connect whether it's through pictures or words or phrases i have something that's called the um it's called the vision board where you actually, you know, it it tells you, you know, in the book how to create your own vision board, but it's about you connecting t- to the dreams again and then seeding the environment with those dreams. And in the discover phase, it's really about, you know, we're so all used to going to these certain stores and to these certain areas and these certain parts of the community. In the discovery phase, I I invite people to... Go discover new neighborhoods. If you've never gone to antique stores, go to antique stores. If you're only.
0: Zoran, you're only... I'm going to have to, excuse me, I'm going to have to jump in here and ask you to hold that thought. We're, we're coming up on another break here. We'll be back with you no with Sun FM 91 3. We're talking to the author of Soul Space. Please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment
1: offers peer support for children and teens who are grieving a significant loss. This ongoing group provides a safe environment for kids to express themselves creatively while learning ways to cope. Each group is facilitated by a professional bereavement specialist and trained volunteers. That's an ongoing support group for children and teens in Sonoma. For more information, call the Wilmar Center at 935-1946 or email barbara at wilmarcenter.org.
0: Hello, Sonoma and beyond. Beth Hadley here. I'm happy to announce that my show, The Dance Diva, has moved to Wednesday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. News of local live music events and plenty of toe tapping tunes. Music you may not have heard before from all over the world. Thank you for listening to Sonoma Sun FM 91.3 KSVY in Sonoma.
1: Listen to Sun FM ninety one point three KSBY Sonoma, and
0: hey, welcome back to Health Matters today. Talking to Zoran. and one more time the pronunciation of the last name.
1: It's Zoran Balbus. Balbus.
0: Balbus. I, yes, I, I, I'm, I have a bad memory, but anyway, Zoran has been telling us about the eight uh, the eight steps of his manifestation of the soul space and we were just talking about the discover phase. So, uh go on from there and move through the rest and then we'll get a, give a chance for our listeners to have a chance to call in.
1: Beautiful. So, in the discover phase, it's about going outside of our comfort zones. If we've always bought modern furniture, how about going shopping antique stores? If we've only bought antique furniture, how about going looking at, at modern, you know, modern stores? Right. You know, have we been to the art museums? Have we gone to like just to go even see and be inspired by new restaurants or new shops or stores in our area. It's about starting to awaken an expanded consciousness of discovering what might be out there that we didn't even know that we were attracted to and that we like. Mm -hmm. And in the sixth stage, the create process is after you've gone through the dreaming and after you've gone and discovered and you've looked you know, outside of the box that we usually live in, it's then about starting to bring those things home. How do we bring home things that we've now fallen in love with and how do we, you know, you know, start buying those things and start creating a, you know, a reflection of our true self or our expanded self of the things that we've discovered about ourselves in our environment so that we remember that we, you know, that life is not in a box and we're not within a, you know, a certain zone. And so that's, you know, the, that, the second part. Mm-hmm. The third part is really this, you know, the steps in really living in the present. And I call that, you know, there's two stages there, which is one is called elevate and the final one is called celebrate. Once we've found, you know, that new parts, those new parts of ourselves and we've cleared the way of the parts of ourselves that were that we no longer choose to live with, it's like It's important then to begin to elevate our environment. It's like, you know, what do we like on a lighting level? Do we like candles around? Do we like incense around? You know, do we, you know, what kind of music really inspires us? You know, to really start seeding the environment in those different ways, so that it really elevates us to another level. And then the final is celebrating. Whether you're creating your soul space on your own. Or you're creating it with your family, it's important to, once you've cleared the space and created the space, it's important to celebrate in it because life is really all about celebrating. And then once you celebrate it together or intimately, then I think it's important to then bring in the family and bring in the friends and bring in the community so that they can actually see the new found you that you've experienced and you've now expressed so they can support you in that new level of consciousness that you've created for yourself—it's mm-hmm. really quite an exciting process.
0: Well, the way you write about it, it sounds like—and as you, as you to go to your to go to your book—and I want to let our listeners know that you can give us a call if you have a question for Zoran and his books, *The Soul Space*. Uh, give us a call. Excuse me. Give us a call at seven zero seven nine three three nine one three three. Should you have any questions, for we have a few more minutes uh, in the hour, and we'd like you to have a chance to visit with Zoran and his thoughts on how to create this this really wonderful transformation. Um, you talk about, you've got a couple of people in the beginning of the last chapters, uh, celebrate, and you, one of them is, uh, Brian, the, uh, the, the, the wannabe screenwriter. Tell us, uh, tell us Brian's story a little bit while we're waiting for a call and kind of how your intersection with Brian had such a significant impact. Are you still there? Hello? I guess we lost our uh, we lost our guest. Well, maybe he'll call back. We'll see. We're waiting. And he hasn't called back yet. So maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll um I'll read from the area that that we were talking about until he, until he calls back. Brian uh, came to L.A. with dreams of making it big as a screenwriter. But a few years into his time on the West Coast, instead of driving around in a Bentley and thanking all the little people at the award shows, he was working at a copy shop and any other jobs that that came his way. His greatest writing success to date was a screenwriting award that he won after college. Now his dreams were rapidly deflating because he was finding it nearly impossible to break through. I I took Brian on as a client because I wanted. To, I was taken by his optimistic attitude. When others had given up, Brian was steadfast. I don't care how many papers I have to collate. Uh, breathlessly, he dashed outside to chat while he was on a 10-minute break. I don't care how many pages I have to staple together. I know I have talent, and um, I know that if I can get through, the right eyes on my work, if I can keep writing, I'm going to break through, he says. I thought Brian's attitude demonstrated a mature understanding of his talents, so many of us live in a world of apologies, where we uh, package our creative endeavors into a litany of, it's probably terrible, tell, just tell me if you hate it. Um, instead of telling the world, I wrote this, I think it's great, why should the world accept you if you don't accept yourself? Um, With this thinking, I assured Brian he was exactly the kind of person I wanted to work with. Uh, When I got to his one-bedroom apartment, I was no longer sure. He slept on a futon. There was a layer of dust on everything. The comics were strewn about, and all he had in the fridge was takeout. He didn't have a dedicated place to write, and he ended up occasionally pecking away on his laptop in bed in front of the TV. It looked as if he was suffering from a certain amount of arrested development and immaturity I saw reflected in his space. It made me wonder if his perception of his abilities were, was more about not facing the truth than being committed to his ideals. So some of the tasks at hand were to clear and they came through immediately with initial stages of our soul based process. We agreed he needed to keep a weekly checklist of household chores to accomplish, at least until he could afford a housekeeper to come in once a week and scare away the dust mice. Um, By becoming accountable for his space, he would be able to feel better about having people over, which was one of his goals he expressed at our first meeting. Here's our guest back. Welcome to Health Matters. Zoran. Dad. Hi there.
1: I am so embarrassed. Something happened to our phone system and it went down.
0: You went bye bye. Yeah. Well, we, we just, what we did is I just jumped right in and I started reading about Brian and we got as far as, um, He's he was becoming accountable for his space, and so he'd be able to feel better about having people over, which is one of the goals he's expressed. So whether you want to pick up on that or something else, but I do want to get our listeners back uh, now that uh, uh, Zarin is back with us. For our listeners who maybe <laughs> may have been waiting and wanting to call now, try again. Our call-in number again is nine three three nine one three three. But so, but anyway, tell us whether Brian or tell us somebody else about us. Well,
1: Well, you know, the the amazing thing about Brian is that, you know, Brian was truly in a depression, you know, when I met him. And Mm -hmm. as we cleared his space and he opened up to the possibility of himself really connecting to that. Whoops. Using his space as a gap. Right. Creatives to come so they could actually support each other in many ways. It it was a major breakthrough for him. I had it.
0: You're you're cutting out. A celebrity photographer. You're cutting out, Zoran. I don't know what it is. Are you on a? Are you on really? a cell phone or are you on a, uh, a a phone that where you walk around the room? Because what you're cutting out, you're coming in, and you're cutting out, and now you're completely cut out. Hello, hello. Well. It seems like we're in that trouble again. Such is the nature of trouble; it comes and it goes. Well, we'll wait and see if Zoran can get back to us. Apparently, he's having trouble with his phone system, but I'll just keep—I just go on reading here because it really is kind of an interesting story, and I was glad that uh, that uh, Zoran picked up on it. Um, And let's just see what happens. Work was another area. Where Brian needed to take control. We turned a huge walk in closet into an office where he could work in a dedicated space. Um, we placed his screenwriting award prominently on the shelf to remind him of his potential. Celebrate. This was an integral part of Brian's soul spacing on a number of levels. When I told him what, that I thought he needed to have a personal celebration before he opened his new home to others, he got it right away. There's a big game on Sunday. I'm going to kick, have a sick back and really kick back. This was exactly what I had not envisioned. I encouraged him to cook dinner for himself, to eat a new space saver table we'd installed <laughs> instead of a plank of wood. Um, uh, we we compromised. He agreed to get some delicious Thai takeout and eat at his new table. So, exercise, celebrate with yourself and your household. First step in enjoying a new soul space is to celebrate with yourself. Um, even if you live with others, if you have been the driving force behind the renewal of your home, you deserve a treat all to yourself. It can be carefully prepared dinner or breakfast in bed or a morning sleeping in. It doesn't matter. Doing whatever it is that makes you feel good is how you should celebrate in your new soul space. Once you feel fully connected to the space, plan an evening with members of your household. Let everyone fully embrace and enjoy the home that will be you will be sharing. <clears throat> Open your home to fresh opportunities. After Brian had broken into the new space by celebrating his own, he was time to invite others to share. First, he invited his old friends, who he had not seen in ages, to watch the game. It was a perfect occasion for the group, who had enjoyed the wings and beers he provided. They were able to reconnect. He, they were able to then. Ha- he was he was able to have them at his home, and he nearly sidestepped the issue of the formal sit-down dinner by avoiding a more formal arrangement. He left room for one of them to bring a new f- friend to the party—a pretty young woman whom Brian felt an immediate spark with. The next celebration Brian hosted was less a party and more a gathering that would inspire creativity and community. He became acquainted with a few other screenwriters, so he could invited them to, to start a writing group with him where they could all bounce ideas off one another. They met weekly at each other's homes, and they'd launch a meeting hosted by Brian. Having his old friends over gave him new confidence. He was happy to report that he... Um, I was looking for the phone, and Zoran. I guess we've lost Zoran, but and it's almost gone now. Anyway, so yeah, we're coming up on the end of the hour here. So Zoran, we're so sorry that you couldn't stay with us, and listeners, who, those of you who wanted to to listen to Zoran, but it's it is a very it's it's a strikingly interesting book in the sense for me, particularly given that I have all the. What, whatever the bad habits of holding on to things whatever the bad habits of not realizing the liveliness of my of my environment uh in and, and considering the sort of the emotional uh connections that i have in in a, in a in a in a positive and negative way and making a choice between letting go of the uh unnecessary negative uh, uh mental or uh, emotional associations with things and also not celebrating the the ones that are positive that are still useful, or celebrating the ones that are still useful and positive but that I no longer need, that no longer fit into my current existence. So he's done me a wonderful service writing this book and, and having the opportunity to speak with him. So I've, I'm very grateful to him for joining the time with us. And I so regret that he had to uh, that his phone collapsed and we had to uh, unceremoniously say goodbye. But anyway, the name of the book is Soul Space, Transform Your Home, Transform Your Life, Zorn Balbus, uh, Ford by Marianne Williamson, and uh, it's a very nice little paperback book, very inexpensive, and I'm sure that readers' books will be happy to get it for you wherever you do your book buying, or the Amazon, or wherever. So that said, uh, we're coming up very close to the end of the hour, uh, early in the hour we again just to say it again, one more time, we celebrated uh, the passing of, um, and with regret, uh, the passing of Beverly McCombs, a dear personal friend and a, a, a definitely a dear friend of our community, and all those who, who love, as she loved, her fellow the 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 pot, the possibility, just as Zoran was talking about the possibility and the potential of her fellow beings. She's one of the people that taught reminded me every time I was with her or saw her or talk with her about the potential of we human beings that we really do have something to share with each other something positive that we have and that that's what our part of that's our our opportunity to be with each other and so thank you Beverly McCombs and we're so sorry to wish you farewell but we wish you well in 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 the sense in your next transition there so if you um cannot pacify your spirit. You let your mind be complicated with desires and worries. Your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you must avoid anger and worry. Keep your uh, heart at ease. Your desires at low levels. That's the basic guidance of the Yellow Emperor's classic of internal medicine. That's the basic book of Chinese medicine. And our health matters motto still is uh, health uh, care isn't a noun. It's a verb. Now, you probably know what that means, so someday I will talk more about that. We do like to have you call. We'd like to have you uh, join us each week. Uh, please let us let us know uh, your thoughts and feelings. You can always reach us at our, our email address. And in the meantime, I wish you well.